You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. The last letter that we'll examine and we'll conclude with is the letter of the Prophet to Najashi in Ethiopia. So the Prophet appointed Amr ibn Umayyah ibn Umayyah to proceed to Ethiopia at the time it was called Habasha or Abyssinia. <coughs> so he asked him to proceed with his letter and to convey his message to the Nagus, the Najashi. The Najashi was known to be a just ruler. By the way, this was not the first time that the Prophet had written to the Najashi. Earlier, the Prophet had written him about the Muhajirs who fled Mecca to Abyssinia and he asked the Najashi to be kind to the Muslims. So when the Prophet sent this new letter to Ethiopia, some Muslim Muhajirs were still living in Ethiopia. Even though the Prophet had migrated to Medina, Ja'far ibn Abi Talib and others were still residing in Ethiopia. Some had left to Medina, but some had stayed in Ethiopia because Najashi was really kind to them and he was very just with them. Here's the text of the letter to Najashi. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This letter is from Muhammad, the Prophet of Allah, to the Nagus, the king of Ethiopia. Notice with Caesar and Kesra and Muqawqis, the Prophet did not tell them King of Rome, King of Persia, King of Egypt. He would say Azim Faris, Azim Ar-Rum. With the Najashi, the Prophet recognizes him as a king. Why? What's the difference? Because Najashi was a mu'min, he was a believer and he was a good king, he was a just king, he was not an arrogant king. So it seems that the Prophet considered him as a legitimate king. Whereas with Caesar and Kesra, they were not really legitimate rulers or kings. So you see these subtleties in the letter of the Prophet that's number one. Number two, with the other emperors or kings, the Prophet would say, As-salamu ala man al-huda, peace be upon the one who gives, who follows guidance. He did not give them a direct salam. It was a general salam to anyone who accepts the path of God. With Najashi, he says, Salamun alayk. He actually gives him salam, which indicates he was truly a believer. Then, because Najashi was a believer, the Prophet beautifully describes some of the attributes of Allah. Allah. I praise Allah in your presence. Al-Malik, Al-Quddus, Al-Salam, Al-Mu'min, Al-Muhaymin, Al-Aziz, Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabbar. These are the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Najashi knows who Allah is. So he gives him these qualities. Allah is the one who's the king. He is the pure one above any limitations. He is the peace. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the powerful one and so on and so forth. And then the Prophet says in the letter, I testify that Prophet Isa ibn Maryam is a spirit of Allah and the word of Allah which was given to Maryam alayhi salam. Allah created him in the womb of his mother without a father with the same power which he created Adam without parents. The Prophet draws this analogy. Then he says, I invite you to 
the one God, the one Allah who has no partner. And I ask you to obey Him and to follow my religion. Profess faith in Allah who has appointed me to this prophetic mission. Then he tells him, the king of Ethiopia, meaning you, should know that I am the prophet of Allah. I invite you and all your soldiers to the Almighty Allah and I have sent this letter with my messenger to you. So basically the Prophet invites him to the path of Islam. The Muslim messenger, as he's giving him the letter, he thanks him. He tells him, Najashi, you've been really good to us Muslims and we really appreciate that. So much, though, so much so that we consider you one of us. There, there were rumors that he was secretly a Muslim. So they really felt, you know, safe with him. So he officially invites him to Islam. Listen to the reply of the Najashi. He says, I testify that he is the same prophet who is awaited by the people of the scriptures. And believe that just as Prophet Musa informed the people about the prophethood of Isa, Isa also specified the signs of the last prophet. I testify to that. And then he says, I am prepared to proclaim his prophethood before the public. See, here is where you know the wisdom of Najashi and his sincerity. He says, look, I'm ready. If you want me to openly declare that, I'm ready. However, as the environment is not yet ready for such proclamation, and my strength is also insufficient for me to do something so abrupt like that, it is necessary that the requisite ground should be prepared so that the hearts of the people might be attracted towards Islam. Look at the wisdom of Najashi. He didn't come up with the excuse, oh, my people are going to kill me. He admits that if I make a public announcement right now, there's going to be chaos. People are not ready, but let's get them ready. That's what Caesar failed to do, and that's what Muqawqas failed to do. They made up excuses, you know, for not following the path of Islam. How did he get them ready? Like, what so first of all, he slowly started to you know, teach his people that this Prophet is calling to the same teachings of Isa. He brought their hearts closer to the Prophet He gave Muslims the freedom like Ja'far ibn Abi Talib and others to preach. He never told them, I don't allow you to preach Islam. Go, go and preach secretly, it's okay. Let the people know what your religion is all about. Read parts of the Quran, let people hear it. He actually gave them the freedom to do that. So we see that he is truly honest. And then he says, if it's possible for me to come and serve you, I would do that. I would race to come and serve you, Ya Rasulullah. So he says that to the messenger and then he writes an official letter to the Prophet confirming that. And he tells him, anything that you want, I'm at your service. If the Muslim migrants here need anything, I'm also at their service. And then he also, you know, testifies that he is the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One report also says that he sent his son, whose name was Rarha, to basically communicate this message to the Prophet and to confirm to him that I am a believer. I have accepted your religion. He also sent the Prophet some special gifts. Now there is one very important point here. When you look at the letters of the Prophet to the Najashi and the reports, it becomes clear there were several Najashis during the lifetime of the Prophet. Specifically, there were three. The first one became Muslim. 
He was the one ruling Habasha when those early migrants went to Ethiopia. So when Ja'far, At-Tayyar and others in the first wave of migration, they went to Ethiopia, the ruler of Ethiopia, that Najashi, he believed in Islam. He accepted Islam, even though he didn't make a public announcement, but he prepared the grounds for Islam. He passes away, a second Najashi comes, and he is the recipient of this letter. He also accepts the path of the Prophet But then here's the dilemma. When you look at the letters of the Prophet to the Najashi, almost all of them are so positive like that except one. The Prophet threatens that Najashi. The tone is different. So many historians are puzzled. Wait a minute, what's going on here? If he's a believer, his position was very favorable. Why does the Prophet, you know, threaten him like that? So when we, when we historically analyze what happened, we come to discover that the last of them, the third one, he was not a believer. So this second one passes away. In fact, in fact, some reports tell us he tried to cross the Red Sea to come and see the Prophet and he passed away. The third Najashi, the third ruler of Ethiopia, he was the Kafir. He is the one who rejected the message of the Prophet And he is the one who ripped the Prophet's letter. And the Prophet said, may Allah rip his kingdom. And that's, and that's what happened. So there are three Najashis during the era, during the lifetime of the Prophet. The first ruler became Muslim. The second one was also a believer. The third one was not a believer. So if you hear these reports, that's how we clarify that confusion. Any, any questions on that? Is this one the same Najashi that we talked about previously? We can understand he's the second Najashi. That first Najashi, when the Prophet was in Mecca, it seems he passed away. This same, the second Najashi came to power. So when the Prophet sent him a letter from Medina, it's the second Najashi. After the second Najashi, the a third one comes. That third one was not a believer. He had enmity to the Prophet Yes. So if the first one was in Mecca, the second one was in Medina, um, what year would that third letter have been? Shortly after this, probably during the last two, three years of the Prophet's life shortly after this. That's what we can conclude from historical reports. Otherwise, we have, you know, many hadiths that praise the Najashi. So when you hear that, you know, the Prophet praised the Najashi, it's not this last one that the Prophet said, oh Allah, rip his kingdom apart. It's those previous ones. And I would like to just share with you and conclude with this hadith that shows you how faithful the Najashi was. And Ja'far al-Tayyar, he is the one who experienced this. Al-Imam al-Sadiq narrates it, but it happened with Ja'far al-Tayyar. One day Ja'far al-Tayyar, along with, with his people, they go to see the Najashi. Either the first or the second, we don't know exactly which one, but the Mu'min one, the believing one. When they go into his presence, they see him in an unusual state. He's sitting with old rags, instead of wearing royal clothes, which kings would wear, he was wearing very old, you know, pieces of cloth, and he was sitting on the dust. They were shocked. Ja'far told him, we've never seen you in that state. What happened? Did a tragedy happen? Did something happen? He said, no. I will tell you what happened. 
let me give you good news. Look at his iman. Just right now, my spies, my people, they came from Arabia and they informed me that Allah has given your prophet victory at a valley called Badr. And I am so happy for this victory that Allah has given to this prophet. I am thanking Allah by sitting like that. Because Isa ibn Maryam alayhi salam, he has commanded us that when Allah sends you good news, when Allah gives you a blessing, when Allah gives you a gift, that is how you thank Him, by showing more humbleness. And when I heard that your Prophet achieved victory at Bad, I had to thank Allah by showing more humbleness. Look at the Iman of the Najashi, SubhanAllah. The Prophet was told that Najashi did this when he heard about your victory at Bad. The Prophet commented, he said, Indeed be humble and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate you. So Najashi is one of those kings that we truly have the full respect for. He fully believed in the Prophet and in a very slow, gradual, subtle way, he prepared the grounds for people to become Muslim. And the Prophet on a number of occasions, prayed for him and the Imams of Ahlul Bayt have also praised him. But remember, this is one, the first or the second Najashi, not that last one. That last one, the Prophet did a dua against him because he showed enmity to Rasulullah So with that, we conclude the chapter on the letters of the Prophet to the kings and the governors and the emperors of his time. Any questions about the Prophet's letters to the rulers of his time? Some of them, yes. Some of them in the old Arabic Kufi script, you can find them. They have been preserved. So a lot of these letters, we actually have the text of them. And some of them we don't. We just have the report of early historians who have captured the contents. But some of them, they have survived. So if you refer to those books that we shared in the beginning that are dedicated to analyzing these letters, they show you actually some images of those letters.